The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Welcome back to Hootball Hawks, the show here on Hootball Network that is taking flight where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Monday, April 26th, after the Hawks matchup versus the Detroit Pistons on a second night of a back-to-back Huge win last night over the Milwaukee Bucks on NBA TV as the Hawks were undermanned and got the dub over the third place team in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks last night. But the Hawks fell short tonight in the Motor City on the second night of a back-to-back. Injury bugs struck again tonight. Hawks had a debut from Chris Dunn, which I was excited about. And we're going to have some Coach of the Year talk on this program today on Hootball Hawks. We're going to dive into all of this after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code Hoopball to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is is that no cash is required to enter and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back again. Last night, Hawks, Bucks, NBA TV, huge fourth quarter comeback for Atlanta as they outscored the Bucks 41 to 26 in the fourth quarter to upset Milwaukee. The Hawks were severely undermanned. Yes, the Bucks were on the second out of a back to back, but still, a winner's win in the NBA is hard to win a game. And this was a, I say, a confidence building game for the Hawks. For players who aren't normally starters or may not normally get a lot of minutes 
in best case scenario, everyone healthy on his Hawks roster, but they are building confidence in their respective games and their respective roles on this team. And it could not have come at a better time, despite having good games from the big three from Milwaukee, Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton all having really good games for the Bucks. The Hawks beat the Bucks off of a stellar performance, another stellar performance from Bogdan Bogdanovich, who scored 32 points on 12 of 21 shooting, 6 of 11 from three-point range. Kevin Herter got into the scoring party as well, added 20 points himself. He's been playing great down this stretch. John Collins added 18 points, 26 rebounds between Solomon Hill and Clint Capella, which was huge for the Hawks controlling the glass against that big front court for Milwaukee. Lou Will came up clutch in the fourth quarter, scoring all 15 of his points in that quarter, including four huge three-pointers that were pivotal in this Hawks comeback. And Gallinari added 15 points off the bench as well. A very gritty, tough win with the odds stacked against them, the Hawks. And they went out and shocked the NBA world with this win. And I love continually seeing these players step up when they are needed. Next man up, that's what I talked about on the last program. And these players, they're stepping up right now, but they're going to have their number called at some point in this critical stretch leading up to the playoffs with the Hawks having 10 games left. Depending on how these next 10 games go with the injury bug severely hurting this team right now, maybe a play-in situation, they may relegate to that, may stay steady, but right now they have to take it game to game. And we're going to talk about tonight's game against the Pistons, where second out of a back-to-back for Atlanta, tired legs. And as I said, it was the case for Milwaukee the night before. That certainly got the Hawks tonight here in Detroit. Definitely a trap game. Continue to be undermanned. Played on an emotional, hard-fought game the night before when she had to come back. And then travel to Detroit tonight. So this was a what you call a scheduled loss that you would have loved to gotten, especially being the Detroit Pistons. That's a that's a game that when you looked at the schedule, like that's a game the Hawks have to win. And before obviously these two games happen, if you're going to tell me that we're going to beat the Bucks without Trey Young and several other players and lose to the Pistons, I would have told you that you're crazy because I think that we lose to the Bucks and beat the Pistons, but. Vice versa happened. It is what it is. And the Hawks scored a season low 86 points tonight. Shot 39% from the floor and just below 15% from three-point range and 16 turnovers there. So just an off, off night. No Trey Young, as I said. No Lou Will, who was dealing with flu-like symptoms. But the debut of Chris Dunn did take place tonight. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Bogey, who shot poorly tonight, still led the team with 17 points, added five assists and seven rebounds. Kevin Herter continued to score the ball well, scoring 15 points, shot well from the floor before going out with an injury, which is listed right now as a left shoulder sprain. And he will go undergo an MRI. And we're hoping for the best for Kevin Herter, who has been playing very well in this stretch and Hopefully he's not out for long. He's been being really aggressive on offensive end, uh, really attacking the boards and trying to set up others. So it was a tough, tough sight to see him go down. Uh, Nate McMillan died with a stinger, but 
Upon further reports, we hear that it is a left shoulder sprain. Brandon Goodwin also went down with a lower leg injury, and he was wheelchaired out of the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit tonight. He had a poor shooting performance before going out with the injury, only scoring six points, but added seven assists. And it sucks for him as well because he's been playing really well as this stretch. Just next man up, as I continue to say on this program, and you just hate to see when players are getting in a rhythm and showcasing their skills, them fall due to an injury. John Collins tonight had 14 points and eight rebounds, and I'm going to say this now. We're going to need more from John Collins going forward with all these injuries, and that's on you know Nate McMillan to make sure we're getting John Collins' touches and John Collins being assertive and being aggressive in his spots. I know he's still slowly trying to get back to 100% after the injury uh, that kept him out for several games, but along with obviously playing for this year's goals as a team, if you're John Collins, he's also playing for a contract this offseason. And he will need to make more of an impact, especially when a team is currently banged up and he wants to command the dollars that he thinks he's owed. And no doubt he's going to get paid regardless, but he's going to have to step it up for this Hawks team down the stretch to keep the the course going right now. Keep them at five, six, and not relegating to the play-in tournament uh seeding which is seven eight nine ten so we're gonna have to continue to take it game to game but john collins is gonna have to bring it so he's gonna have to continue to get healthy he's gonna have to ice up do whatever um i know they took him out relatively early in tonight's game but he's gonna have to get ready because he's gonna have a back a tough uh back to back not back to back in consecutive days but playing the philadelphia 76ers on the road wednesday this week and friday He's going to be pivotal for this team, especially if they do not happen to have Trey Young back for either of those matchups. So we, we need a little bit more from John Collins. Uh, Chris Dunn, as I said, who made his debut tonight, played 13 minutes, didn't score much at all. Actually, didn't score at all, but was disruptive on the defensive end. So he showed flashes of potential on the defensive end, which everybody knew upon signing in this offseason that we got him for his defense on the perimeter and basically just gives the Hawks somebody in the backcourt to say, hey, I want you to guard the best backcourt player on the other team. I want you to make their night a living hell. And Chris Dunn can do that. He's gotten under Trey Young's skin several times in previous matches when Chris Dunn was on the Bulls. So he's a guy that you want to have on your team. And he just needs to continue to get healthy, get in game shape, get integrated with the players that are currently on the court, and he has plenty of games left to get into a rhythm game to game before the playoffs happens. Uh, Danilo Gallinari added 12 points tonight off the bench. Onyeko Okongwu added six points, three boards, and a block in 13 minutes. Onyeko Okongwu continues to get better and better. I think, like I said in previous programs, the rookie's going to have a really bright future for this Hawks franchise. And I'm going to say this again, a positive from tonight, although the shot was off, didn't make a basket tonight. Chris Dunn defensively was very, it was very apparent in limited minutes that, as I said, once he gets in shape, he's going to be a force on the perimeter because he's going to be a very important piece for this Hawks team going forward and beyond this year, in my opinion, with his size, his active hands, his instincts, his grit, all things that you just can't coach. He just, just has, he possesses. And this will be extremely valuable in the playoffs going against really talented backcourts that are in the Eastern Conference. And 
if we can only get him on the court and have a defensive lineup with Chris Dunn, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and Capella, I mean, yeah, that's not a strong offensive lineup, but defensively, sheesh. There's a lot of potential, a lot of interchangeability, and uh, it's going to be a lot of deflections and blocks with that lineup. So just to have that luxury at some point will be huge for the Hawks, and that's what Chris Dunn adds for this team going forward. So it's good to have him finally healthy. Uh, Clint Capella continues to be consistent for the Hawks, scoring 12 points tonight and grabbing 15 rebounds. So we're going to flush tonight. We have two real pivotal games this week, as I said, as we play Philly twice to close out the month of April. And the Hawks have to just continue to get healthy. But I'm going to talk about some positives on the other side of this break after we do this plug for Bruce Letter. Okay, quickly, we need to pause the show for an announcement. And it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's the stuff? The Bruce Letter is back. Oh, yes. Back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, the GOAT, is writing an email newsletter filled with its most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in an email newsletter. And you can sign up to get it for free. I said it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. And you get it straight from the GOAT and Brewski into your inbox and enjoy the nuggets to help you succeed in your fantasy basketball league. All right, and we are back. I want to quickly shout out on the program a listener, Miss D, on Twitter, who had a wonderful, wonderful tweet that I just, just, just had to had to put talk about on this program. I um, mean, you need to follow her. Really devoted Hawks fans at female ATL Hawk on Twitter. Shout out to you, Ms. D. She put a tweet about Coach of the Year for Nate McMillan. And fun fact, before I talk about this, the Hawks have the most NBA Coach of the Year award winners in NBA history at six, with the most recent being Mike Budenholzer in 2015. And I don't know if an interim head coach has ever won in the NBA uh, as far as Coach of the Year goes. I know some interim coaches have won Coach of the Month, including... Uh, Luke Walton when he filled in for Steve Kerr when he was out in 2016, I want to say. I can't remember the year off the top of my head right now. But he didn't record a win because he was an interim coach, but he still won Coach of the Month in the Western Conference that year. And if that is possible, and Navy Millen has already won Coach of the Month this year already, I don't think it's a stretch for Nate McMillan to be considered for Coach of the Year. I mean, the candidates that I'm going to say right now are all well-deserving of Coach of the Year awards. Monty Williams and Phoenix, having them second-best team in the West. There's no, I don't have no complaints. I love Monty Williams as a coach. Uh, Tibbs in New York, who we're very familiar with here in Atlanta, he has them Knicks playing very, very well, especially for a young team. 
to be where they are in the Eastern Conference is nothing short of remarkable. As everyone knows that the Knicks are pretty much a laughing stock as a franchise. And right now they're getting the laugh, last laugh. And Quinn Snyder in Utah with them being the number one seed out west. Those are easily the top three candidates for coach of the year. All deserving. But I think that Nate McMillan should be up there as well as far as in the discussion. Vegas insiders odds right now to win coach of the year. Doesn't even have Nate McMillan on their odds, period. And I think it's probably because he is an interim coach. So I don't know if he's ineligible to win the award, but the Hawks are Nate McMillan after tonight's loss, unfortunately, but still boasting a wonderful record of 20 and eight with Nate at the helm for the Hawks, which is a 714 winning percentage. And let's just say for the fun of it, if the Hawks sustain this winning percentage over the course of this 72 game season with McMillan as the head coach, that would put the Hawks at first in the East and having them with the second best winning percentage in the NBA behind the Utah Jazz. Are the Hawks better than the one seed or two seed in the East as far as the Nets and the Sixers when you look at their, our roster and theirs? No. But they're playing better than those teams in this stretch with Nate McMillan as their head coach. That's, that's not up for debate. That's a fact. And Brooklyn's been dealing with injuries. 76ers have been dealing with injuries. Pretty much everybody in the NBA has been dealing with injuries this year. I feel like the Hawks more so than other teams. And there, But there's other candidates for the most injured teams in the NBA this year. Uh, the Raptors have a huge, huge case as well. The Lakers with their stars out west. And that was to be expected with shortened season, playing more games in a month more games in a short time span on the legs of these NBA players and players are going to break at some point. It's it just, we're seeing it right now. We're seeing the Hawks team seemingly fall apart and bust at the seams right now, but that's neither here nor there. Regardless of all that, Nathan Miller has been dealing with injuries on his team and he took a team that was 11th in the East when Lloyd Pierce was fired. And now the Hawks right now are sitting fifth in the Eastern conference right now. This team clearly responds better to McMillan. Even with the injuries, they have solidified themselves, in my opinion, as a top six team in the East right now. Nate McMillan has his team prepared nightly. They are confident in their game plan, their abilities, and their assignments. McMillan makes great in-game adjustments, especially on the defensive end in the second half when he has to. He's really good at rotations, and he makes really good roster management decisions in the game and leading up to games. And they're certainly getting the most out of everyone on this roster. And that's a tribute to this team believing in Nate McMillan. And it's apparent because obviously how much better they're playing with him. And you can look at the winning percentage, as I said before, 714 winning percentage since he's been a head coach. They seem to be bought in and connected as a team more so than under Lloyd Pierce and Trey, I mean, sorry, the Hawks still have only had a lineup that consisted of Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Clint Capella for, they've only been on the floor together for 15 minutes this season. And they're sitting at 34 and 28, fifth in the Eastern Conference. Nate McMillan should be in a discussion for Coach of the Year. I don't know if he can, he's eligible to win it. But he definitely should be in a discussion. What he's doing is nothing short of remarkable, especially with the odds stacked against him, with the injuries on the team. 
to, you never know who's going to be the starting lineup night in and night out, who's going to be available, who's going to go down in a game. And it's been really worrisome and stressful for Hawks fans. And I can imagine how stressful it's been for the Hawks uh, coaching staff and Damian Millen. But the fact that he is still keeping this ship on course for this Hawks team to be a playoff team and to potentially avoid the play-in scenario, that is a credit to Nate McMillan. And that alone should give him at least a shot to win coach of the year. Will he win it? I don't know. I'm not a voter, but I know if I had my votes, he would get my vote. And that's not being biased. I just think what he's done is really remarkable. Like I said, you can't knock Utah. You can't knock uh, Phoenix, their seasons at one and two in the Western Conference and their head coaches and Monty Williams and Quinn Snyder, respectively. They're doing a fantastic job. Tibbs in New York, with obviously New York having success over us this year in the regular season and them being ahead of us as far as understanding, those three are definitely top three for Coach of the Year. But Nick McMillan should be honorable mention and what he's done, if he does not get rewarded with hardware this year, should be applauded, respected. And that's why we need to sign him long term, continue to figure out if offensively a little bit more creativity on that end to hopefully take some stress off of Trey Young as far as playmaking ability and decision making. But sky's the limit with this team, and it's clear that Nate McMillan is the right guy for the job. Now we're going to talk about the games ahead for the Hawks. As I said before, back-to-back versus Philadelphia. Simmons and Embiid played together tonight for the first time in a while. It's going to be tough sledding. Tough sledding, going to Philadelphia, Embiid having MVP-type season. Ben Simmons is up in the top three right now for DPOY. I mean, you have Seth Curry. You have Tobias Harris. You have Dwight Howard playing well. You just have a, a roster of guys who are bought into what Doc Rivers is doing. And Doc Rivers is doing a wonderful job. I mean, he arguably could be in the discussion for Coach of the Year as well for what he's been doing in Philadelphia. But that's going to be a tough matchup, especially with all the injuries on this team right now for the Hawks. So we got to see who's available for that game. We already know the Hawks are going to give their all. They're going to play hard. They're going to give their all, and we've seen that. Obviously, they weren't afraid against the Bucks. The Hawks are not going to be, be a team because we've seen how they competed against the Nets. They competed against the the Bucks, obviously, this year. And, and even though they have not won some of these games, the Lakers, uh, the Clippers, the Suns, Utah. I mean, Utah, obviously, they got they got whooped in both of those games. But outside of that, against the top teams in the, in the NBA, even though the Hawks don't have the best record against them, and they've done better beating the teams they're supposed to beat, but the teams that are in the upper echelon in the NBA, they play hard, and those are, they play them tough. And they're closer games. I mean, the margin isn't far as far as when you look at the, the box scores of the games and as far as the rosters. The Hawks still have some more development to do, and they need to stir some things up. But they're not far away from some of the teams. I mean, they're a lot closer to the top half of the NBA than the bottom half than they were last year. That's air apparent by where they are right now. But it's going to be a tough matchup against Philly. I just want to see them compete. I just want to see players continue to step up, g- gain confidence, see this team get healthy, 
And let's see how it plays out because going forward, seven of the basically the Hawks have ten games left before the end of the season. Seven of those ten games are against teams as far as in both sides of the conference conferences, East and West, are either in play in tournament position or better. So seven of the last ten games. It's gonna be tough. As I said, they have a back to back against Philly, and then they have a back to back later on in this stretch against the Wizards who are one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now. Beal and Westbrook are pay, playing fantastic. And in my opinion, along with the Hawks, I sent out a tweet. I had four teams, but I expanded my list as far as teams in the Eastern Conference that you would not want to face in a play-in tournament situation or in a playoff matchup right now because of how they're playing. My list goes as the Hawks, especially when healthy, a healthy Nets team, which is obvious with all offensive firepower up in Brooklyn. The Washington Withers right now with how they're playing with Beal and Westbrook. The Knicks, and I'm going to add the 76ers who just got, as I said, uh, Ben Simmons and Embiid are now healthy on that team. We're going to see them very, very soon. And the Charlotte Hornets who continue to play hard even with injuries on their team. As I said, 76ers and the Nets are self-explanatory for them being in my list right now because of their record and their roster configuration. But the Wizards, Knicks, Hornets, and Hawks, those are all teams that just play hard and will test teams. All those teams can defend at an above-average rate as far as the NBA goes, and all those teams can score. Even the Knicks, who are more known as a defensive team, and a lot of their scoring goes through Julius Randle, who's been having a fantastic year as well, and uh, could could be um, not. A, I'm not going to say a dark horse. I don't think he'll win it, but should be an MVP conversation for what he's done in New York. But all those teams that I mentioned will test teams, and they have the ability to beat you on any given night. And if you're an upper echelon team in the East. As I said, ask the Milwaukee Bucks who we beat the other night. Ask the Nets who we beaten this year and played them close and tight in the other two matchups without a healthy roster. They, All the teams I've mentioned have beaten the Bucks, Nets, or the Sixers in one game at least this year. So I'm not going to say the East is wide open. I think the top three teams are the top three teams that I still think it's going to be Brooklyn once they get healthy. It's going to be between Brooklyn and the 76ers. Uh, Milwaukee will make it interesting, but I just think that those other two rosters are just a little bit better right now, top to bottom, even though the Bucks have established that continuity. They had have added some pieces that are starting to get it going. Drew Holiday's been looking better. They have Torrey Craig. You added P.J. Tucker up in Milwaukee, so they're going to have something to say about it up in Milwaukee. That's a good team. I'm not knocking them, but the Sixers been playing great. Got got a very motivated, in shape, Embiid playing on the MVP level. You have DPOY candidate and Ben Simmons, and then obviously the Nets are the Nets. So those are teams are the teams. But those other teams could make it interesting. They have the all of those teams have an ability to win a playing game if they need it, and the potential to make things interesting in a seven game series. If I'm looking at the Knicks, Wizards. Hornets and Hawks. I think the Hawks have the best chance in winning a first round series. And then I would go Knicks, Wizards, Hornets. If I'm ranking them one through four, 
because obviously with the Wizards, you have Bill and Westbrook. They can score with the best of them. That's going to always be tough to have to scheme and game plan night in, night out. And in the Knicks defensively and how well Julius Randle has been playing. And they just have a lot of confidence as a team. That's a tough team. And they have a tough coach. So that's going to make it tough on teams in the first round. But I feel like the Hawks, healthy. They're going to be the best. They have the best odds, in my opinion, to win a playoff series right now. So right now, the important things for the Hawks going forward. I'm going to continue to say this on this program until it happens. It may not ever happen, but oh, well, the Hawks need to continue to get healthy and to continue to keep this course straight and not relegate to a play in tournament situation. We do not want to be seven. We do not want to be eight, even though. Obviously, you still have an opportunity to make the postseason. And it's a max of two games, if I think, if you're in a play-in tournament situation. But it's two less games you have to play. And as a team right now dealing with a lot of injuries and maybe some tired legs, the Hawks could definitely afford not to play those two games. I'm just going to just say that now. And it gives the Hawks some off days to just watch, get healthy, practice, and... As of right now, like I said, we don't know the severity of Goodwin's injury right now. We don't know how long Herter's going to be out. He still needs an MRI. We're glad to have Chris Dunn back. Hopefully soon he can get his shot, find his legs, and play more minutes. And he's going to be a very big defensive piece going forward. But Trey Young is a big piece that needs to come back soon. Along with DeAndre Hunter, who people who forgot, when he went down with an injury, he was third on the team in scoring. Third in field goal percentage, third in rebounds per game, second in plus minus on the team, second in defensive rating, and he was averaging 22 points per game in the five games prior to the injury, shooting 55% from the field. We need DeAndre Hunter back. I know how people feel about Cam Reddish. We need Cam Reddish back. Defensively, his interchangeability, his size on the wing as a defender will be valuable in playoff scenarios. And he has ability with his jump shot to make some shots. He can get you 17 in a really, really crucial game. I feel like he can do that. And then obviously Chris Dunn with his 3D ability, one of the best three-point shooters in the league uh, this season. All these pieces are pieces to a puzzle that when they come together could help this team win a playoff series. And, would, and if they can win a playoff series, even if they lose in the second round, depending on how far they go, it will be a great foundation that was laid this season to build upon for seasons to come. So I'm really excited for these last 10 games for the Hawks. See how they finish. See if if they can get healthy. That's all I'm praying for right now. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share with fellow Hawks fans and NBA basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us at HoopBallHawks. That is at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. Follow myself on Twitter at BradJarrett67. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. And please share this podcast with your friends. As the season winds down, the playoffs are coming we're going to be cranking out more and more content, and I want all the Hawks fans 
as many of them as we can get on this bandwagon and some new people, you know, to come on the Hawks bandwagon because you know they're going to come because the Hawks team is great. I love this team. I love how hard they play. They have a very bright future. So let's get some new listeners to become fans, to convert to the Atlanta Hawks bandwagon. And I know you lifers, I know you don't want them, but hey, just means more publicity and, and we damn sure are going to get more national televised games in the future going forward. So with that, as always, yeah. This has been a hoop ball presentation.